Chargers wide receiver Mike Williams has been a little bit quiet recently at practice, but it seems like he's heating up at just the right time. You are locked on Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together now for eight seasons, but this is our sixth year as a host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, for making us your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe or follow for free on the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and listen wherever you get your podcast from. David, what do we got today? After somewhat of a quiet start to his training camp wide receiver Mike Williams is starting to heat up starting to make some plays starting to remind everybody what he is capable of doing and then Quentin Johnston dealing with some drop issues I mean something that's not anything that you want to hear about but hopefully he can get that reined in and the defensive line Sebastian Joseph Day seems like this year the pass rush part of his game is a lot more prevalent hopefully that carries over into the regular season that would be huge for the Chargers, and it seems like this defensive line is starting to come together a little bit with Sebastian Joseph Day healthy now, making some plays. Austin Johnson back at practice now, starting to feel a little less concerned about the position. But today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster, so post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Let's talk about Mike Williams, David, a guy we haven't talked about very much, and it was very clear early on in training camp that the Chargers were trying to do some different things with him, most notably putting him in the slot. And Kellen Moore, Brandon Staley talked about the advantages there, having someone that's that big going up against guys the size of Jasir Taylor and Asante Samuel Jr. It's yeah. going to be a mismatch, but it feels like, even though he's been healthy, that we haven't really heard a lot. We're not seeing a lot in the practice notes and the game uh, practice days that I was able to get out there. I wasn't seeing him be the number one wide receiver, right? I feel like Keenan Allen has kind of taken that mantle and run with it during this training camp, but feels like he's starting to heat up. According to Daniel Popper, he did have four catches at today's practice. He had two contested catches over Michael Davis, which is nice to see as he's been probably the most consistent corner at Chargers camp this year. Yep. And it does feel like, okay, hey, now we're seeing him be what we hope we can be, and maybe that's, you know, tapping into what we saw from him in 2021, David, where he showed, hey, I can be the number one guy. If you're getting that version of Mike Williams going along with the rest of this wide receiving core, then you're cooking. Absolutely, and I think, honestly, with Mike Williams, he's always been a guy that once you get him going early on in a ball game and you really get his confidence going, you get him some positive plays, like he really turns into somebody who can take over the course of a football game, but... The unfortunate thing about Mike Williams as well, Daniel, is that we know that um, he has a tendency to disappear from time to time. There's a couple of games uh, every single year where you're like, where is Mike? I mean, we need to look on the milk cartons. Where is Mike Williams? Did sure. he disappear? I mean, that's the thing about Mike. But if you can recreate that 2021 season, 76 catches, 1146 yards, nine touchdowns, 15.1 yards per reception in this type of offense, man, that would be probably lead to fireworks just looking at all of the different offensive weapons that the Chargers have out there yeah if he can be that version of himself I mean that would be great I don't know if it looks like that production wise because of how yeah. many mouths there are to feed right and it'll Definitely. have a lot to do with the production coming from Josh Palmer who was a rookie when he put those numbers up and obviously obviously Quentin Johnston 
who is a rookie this season. But I think for him, yeah, I mean, he has had some disappearing acts, and I think this is going to be a big year because that 2021 season was really buoyed by a few really gigantic games he had that year, right? Some really notable, really just huge numbers he put up in some of those games. But then there was games, you know, like three-game stretch where he'd have two catches per game. And that's not what you want. But we did find out this offseason that a big part of that was wide receiver coach Chris Beattie, who ended up really putting his time into him and telling him, hey, you can be a number one guy, and I'm going to show you. And then he went on to have that season. So hopefully he can find that confidence level. We know that there's flaws in his game. You know, I think they are leaning more into his route running and letting him do more out of the slot. And he is, you know, able to run maybe more routes than he's given credit for. Yeah. But he's never been a huge separator, right? He's not right. going to be a guy that blows you away with his speed. But he's also the best contested catch receiver in the entire league. So yeah. that skill set is always going to be very valuable to your offense. But I think it's finding everything else around that to become that more well-rounded player that can show up week in and week out. We know we can take over a game every once in a while, right? But I think you would trade a couple of those gigantic games just to have him be more productive on a week-to-week basis. So It'll be yeah. interesting to Consistency, see. Consistency, right. Speaking of which, Quentin Johnston, right? And Daniel Popper put in his notes today that inconsistent has kind of been the one word that has summed up what Quentin Johnston's offseason has been. And we've talked about it before. Like, he's shown the explosiveness to necessitate having him on the field because he brings an element to the passing attack and to the Chargers wide receiving core that they just don't have without him. Yeah. The problem is, is the one thing we were most worried about coming out of college from him, the drops have persisted and and that is a little more concerning now i mean obviously first preseason game he has a couple of drops then today's practice a couple more drops and now it's a thing david and that sucks because we were hoping it was something that we wouldn't see especially early on you know or something that would be getting more figured out i guess at this point yeah it's definitely not something that you wanted to see still as a prevalent issue that needs to be addressed heading into the season and just, just because this is not new like this is something that going into the draft process this was one of the biggest red flags about yeah. Quentin Johnson's game. It was never about the athletic ability. It was never about the big eight plays. Eight drops as a senior, it's right? Or eight drops. Eight drops his last season in, uh, in college football, and that's just not something that you can see translate to the NFL because if you drop those passes in those big moments, guess what? They're going to stop going to you in those big moments, and they're going to go to other people. Now, the good thing for Quentin Johnston is – He's not going to be expected to be put in those situations to be the number one guy, hopefully, as long as everyone else is able to stay healthy. Other guys are going to be getting those opportunities, but you still don't like to hear about him having issues with drops because that, I mean, seems like it's a concentration issue. It does seem that way. And obviously, when you've seen the miraculous catches that that guy makes, you don't usually see those dudes dropping a ton of passes. The guys who can make the miraculous catches usually have pretty consistent hands for the most part yeah except for like someone like Hakeem Nix reminds me of a guy that's like always made great catches but always had a drop problem I'm hoping it's not like that but I think this is the most concerning part because he had you know a practice in which he dropped two balls one was wide open one was tightly covered but went through his hands according to Daniel Popper and Popper also said he had one where he slipped and it turned into an interception that's the other thing if balls are bouncing off your hands, though, especially over the middle, those are turning into interceptions. Especially in from Justin Herbert. I mean, if you watch Justin Herbert play the last couple of years, every single ball that goes into the air it seems like it ends up in a yeah, defender's hands. This is the most concerning part to me, is, is the last part of what Popper had to say about it. And this is what he said. Johnston has the capacity to catch the ball more consistently. He needs to work on that part of his game. Johnston 
did not work on the jugs machine after practice. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and tight end Gerald Everett all caught extra balls. So that's an entirely different issue, David, because that's a work ethic thing at that point, right? It's not a, a talent thing. We know he has the ability to catch, but I think that is the kind of the more concerning part of this than just, you know, the two drops of practice. Well, especially when you see the two veterans in your room out there catching passes after practice, guys yeah. that have nothing to prove in this league, guys yeah. that have, you know, performed year over year over year. And so when you see that, you're like, what are you thinking, rookie? You know, you got to get out there. You know, you need to improve on your game. If obviously drops is, is an issue and it's not just been yet to, today or yesterday, right. it's been, you know, something that's been a problem for a it's while. A theme, so yeah. you should, you know, you would want to do like what Josh Palmer has done when he first got to the Chargers, which was catch passes and be there with Justin Herbert before practice and do it after practice until it was no longer an issue or until you felt comfortable with it. That's what you want to hear. That's what you want to see. And hopefully, you know, that that changes. Hopefully this is, is a, a situation where he can get that corrected, but it's not going to get fixed unless you do the work. That's one thing you can control. And hopefully Quentin Johnston gets that in his head. Yeah. And, you know, not just using the jugs machine, turning that thing up to 11, right? I mean, exactly. up to a 90-mile-an-hour heater because that's what you're going to be getting on some of these matches. <laughs> that's right. The Jugs machine, if, for anyone who does know, is basically the machine that shoots out football almost like a, a pitching machine, right? Yeah. And that's what a lot of receivers use to get extra balls in because Justin Herbert can't just throw 500 times a day because his arm <laughs> no. would fall off. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's not a problem yet, right? Like, And it's hard to question someone's work ethic when you don't sure. really know what's happening on a day-to-day basis and you can only kind of see the the small sliver of light that we get from Daniel Popper from The Athletic who does a great job and you should be subscribing Excellent. to him. But I, I don't know. It's not huge yet, but at the same time, then you have someone like Josh Palmer who, when healthy, has been out there and has been continuing to make plays and hold him off for those snaps. Yeah, breaking out. Josh Palmer for showing up and stepping up and he had a 50 yard catch today from Justin Herbert had a 20 plus yard catch so Josh Palmer's doing everything he possibly can to keep Quentin Johnson off the field and Quentin Johnson is not really helping himself out so I do want to talk about Sebastian Joseph Day who won the day for the Chargers defense at practice getting the game winning sack right obviously in practice but him getting some pass rush could be huge for this team, especially when you have someone like Austin Johnson, the starter from last year, coming back from injury after a torn ACL as well. So we're going to get into that coming up right after this. First, though, I do need to tell you guys how you could get a pretty sweet hat that looks just like this. I need to tell you guys about bird dogs and how bird dogs are changing the shorts game in particular. I'm someone that lived in San Diego or has lived in San Diego my entire life. I found myself an expert on shorts before I got bird dogs, and then I realized, no, I was totally wrong because bird dogs change everything. Bird dogs are the most comfortable shorts and joggers that I've ever worn. And I think for me, it was like, hey, I didn't really think there was much of a difference in shorts. You know, I had a lot of different shorts and I kind of felt the same about all of them. And then I got my bird dogs and then I was like, I was totally wrong. Bird dogs are actually the best shorts you could ever have. I, I love them. I wear them all the time. I wear them to so many different things because they look way nicer way less boxy than normal shorts are and they're shorter a little bit which is the end thing to do right now but bird dogs are super comfortable they look great and they're just great for pretty much every setting whether it's golf swimming pickleball in my case i wear my bird dogs for all of that and you can too go to birddogs.com slash lockdown nfl or enter promo code lockdown nfl for a free white tech hat with your order that's birddogs.com slash lockdown nfl or promo code lockdown nfl for a free white tech hat you won't want to take your bird dogs off we promise you all right, David, well, let's get into some good news, right? And that is that Sebastian Joseph Day, I think so far during this training camp, 
has shown a little bit of past rush proclivity that we didn't see from him last year. And then today, in Daniel Popper's notes, he says that during the two-minute drill, the defense won the day when Sebastian Joseph Day got through and sacked Justin Herbert. Obviously, didn't take him to the ground or touch him. But that's how the practice ended. And I do think when I was out of practice, he did seem more disruptive. It did seem like he was getting into the backfield a little bit more often. And this is big because last year, David, the Chargers, even though they brought Sebastian Joseph Day in specifically to help the run game, that was priority number one. With the amount of snaps you're getting from him, like you need some sort of production there and maybe we're taking a step in the right direction. Yeah, I think one thing that I've noticed that's been very obvious to me just reading all of the practice recaps that Daniel Popper has released, I've read Sebastian Joseph Day gets a sack a lot this offseason, a lot in training camp. It's been a noticeable difference, and and that's not necessarily what Sebastian Joseph Day is known for. He's known for stopping the run. But, you know, he did have a season a couple of years ago where he had three sacks. And, I mean, even having three sacks is a big deal. And it would be a big deal on the interior of this Chargers defensive line because there's not a lot of other people out there that are providing that pass rush. So if Sebastian Joseph Day can really round out his game and really be a guy that can get after the quarterback from the interior as well as stop the run at the high rate that he does, man, that could be a completely different player and maybe get closer to the value that you're paying him right now. Yeah, you're paying him to be, you know, an all-around starting defensive lineman. And, And I think what you're hoping for is just for him to get to average because this is the problem. This year, with everyone healthy, right? And I think part of what hurt him last year is the lack of Joey Bosa on the field. Of course. The lack of having both of your elite edge rushers out there. And, I mean, probably way too many Jerry Tillery snaps didn't help that either. Way too many. So, I think the part that makes it so important this year is because if you do have those guys out there, with the new fan confidence that you have, Morgan Fox is easily this team's best interior rusher. Mm Mm-hmm. That means that one guy is going to get a ton of single team opportunities. And that guy is going, for the most part, to be Sebastian Joseph Day. He's going to get so many one-on-one opportunities in pass rushing situations where, yes, he doesn't have Aaron Donald on his side, right? And, I mean, that's kind of what you're trying to parse is how much of his prior success in the pass rushing game came from the amount of attention that Aaron Donald had going up against him. It's absolutely fair question. Being right next to him, right? So, like... And we don't know. Like it, right. It's impossible yeah, to kind of parse that. But I will tell you that what they got from him last year just simply wasn't enough, right? He was the lowest graded pass rusher on PFF amongst hundred and amongst the 66 de- interior defensive linemen that had at least 250 pass rush snaps, right? He was the lowest graded one. Yeah. Only 35 interior defensive linemen even had as many pass rush snaps as him last year. And only two of them had less pressures than Sebastian Joseph's days 17. I mean, in 2021, he only played seven games and he had 15 pressures, right? Then you follow that up with only 17 over 17 games. It's just not good enough, right? So I think I'm not expecting or even asking that he is really, really good. But man, what it would change if he could become average and then you have Sebastian Joseph Day and Morgan Fox and Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa all on the field at the same time, which is going to happen a ton, and you feel decent about how all those guys are going to do, right? I think that's right. Well, and and, and especially just looking at the mechanics of rushing the quarterback, right? You have your edge rushers on the outside. Obviously, they're they're coming full bore, but 
when you talk to quarterbacks and you ask them what is the most uncomfortable pressure that you face, it's the pressure directly in your face. Yeah, of it's course. in their face where they don't have a lot of room Shortest to maneuver. Path to the quarterback, too. It's straight, exactly. The straightest pass any, anywhere is a straight line. So getting after the quarterback in the middle and making him have to get to the outside where you have a waiting Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack, it's only going to make all of those guys better. So if you have more of a threat, in the interior that's not just morgan fox that's just going to make everyone ease everyone better and give them more of those single opportunities to beat the man in front of them well and not just that right like that definitely helps if you're pushing the pocket and collapsing the pocket that runs yeah. him into you know joey bosa and quill mac exactly if you're not getting any push that quarterback's just going to step up in the pocket every yeah. time right so like that's taking sacks out of the hands of joey bosa and quill mac exactly so, it's a double-edged sword there, but another good news bit that we got from today's practice was that Austin Johnson, according to Daniel Popper, was back in team drills, which means, hey, he's in 11-on-11, 11 11. he's going full bore, you know, fully padded, whatever, yeah. for the first time since tearing his ACL midway through last season. And David, I, Austin Johnson's not a name, you know, a sexy name that's going to get you you know, super excited about this team. And I think, you know, with the emergence of Morgan Fox, you'll probably see him eased in and getting a little bit less snaps anyways. Sure. But I do think this solidifies that room a little bit, right? And then yes. leaves less question marks on the defensive line room. Like the Chargers went out and signed this guy for a reason. Him going into year two of Brandon Staley's system, having been able to get a little taste last year. I'm, I'm excited about him being back in practice because there is, like I said, a lot of question marks behind him. Yeah, for Austin Johnson, the thing that he brings to the table every single year of his NFL career is the ability to stop the run, and he does that at an extremely high level. I mean, he played in eight games, 21 tackles, 15 stops, 15 run stops. That is crazy. That's just what he does, though. That's what Austin Johnson does. But, yeah, it makes you feel so much better about that rotation because – you're able to keep guys fresh. If you're able to have more bodies in there that can go out there and provide some quality snaps, guys that you know can do their job and do their role at a high level, that's going to only benefit everybody on that defensive line. But Austin Johnson's a huge piece. He's one of the guys they brought in to stop the run. He's healthy. He's coming back ready to start the season, and that's what you want. You feel a lot better about that defensive line rotation now as to opposed to when training camp started when you had a couple of guys on IR or on the PUP list that you didn't know were going to come back or when they were going to come back. Yeah, and he's not a guy that is, you know, specializes in rushing the passer either, no. right? And I think that's part of the problem is when you have both of those guys on the field, it's really hard to get away with that when neither one it of is. those guys is producing at an above average level. Uh, it just doesn't help the edge rushers out enough. So I would say, though, you know, going to your point there, last season he had the fourth highest run stop percentage out of all of the 140 interior defensive linemen that had at least 100 run defense snaps. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's a, it's a really, really high percentage. He didn't have good run defense grades, so he's not an infallible player either. Right. Um, he did have a missed tackle problem last year. He missed 15.4% of his tackles, which was four tackles, you know, out right. of the 20 tackles that he made. So not yeah. huge there, but, like, tackling has obviously been a problem. If he figures that out, I mean, that was an outlier as far as his career. He's sure. been a pretty good tackler for the most part. So if they can get him back, you know, feeling more comfortable and just having another kind of reliable guy at that position who, yeah. you know, can be, you know, maybe an average pass rusher or just not terrible at it and he, as he has in years past. Hey, that's something, right? And, and the is. team, as much as we want to talk about the injuries and, and taking away and, and having that be the storyline, 
this team's really getting healthier and healthier, right? And all these kind of minor nicks and stuff like that that everyone kind of freaked out about, people are starting to come back now, including the guys coming back from major injury. Tito Bonia, I don't know. That one feels like it's headed for going well into the season at this yeah. point. The yeah, one guy I'm not worried about, Morgan Fox. We don't talk about him enough. He's the guy I'm least worried about on that defensive line. You know, I think he's going to go out there and have another spectacular season. But the show is about you guys, and we love our fans, the everydayers out there, and we wanted to get into some Chargers mailbag questions. So even though there were some good practice notes today, we do have some Chargers mailbag we want to get into, including which players haven't played in the preseason that probably should have been playing in the preseason because there are a couple of guys that fit that bill, and we have a couple more good questions we're going to get into coming up right after this. First, though, I do need to tell you guys about LinkedIn jobs because these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business, and you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs because LinkedIn jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And when you're hiring someone for your business or small business, the one thing you want to do is get the right fit. You don't want to just fill the position that could you know, have that person quit in two months, and then you're doing the same thing over and over again. You want to get the right person. You want to get the guy who's going to stick around or woman right. You want to get the best person for the job, and that's what LinkedIn Jobs helps with. That's how they separate themselves because they have simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs the number one in delivering quality hires versus their leading competitors, and LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free right now. Terms and conditions apply. Let's get into some Chargers mailbag here, David. Obviously, it's been a busy week, and tomorrow we will actually be getting into our preview with spots on the line for this final preseason game coming up this weekend at San Francisco against the 49ers. And every day is now. We're back with you guys every day. But it's going to be a little bit different this week. We're going to have a Thursday show as normal that releases Thursday morning, and then we're going to do a live show after the game on Friday, just to give you guys a heads up. But so much good stuff to talk about because right after that, the Chargers are going to have to make the decision of who is going to be on this 53-man roster, and we'll be here to make our final predictions on that as well. But I do want to get into mailbag because we have some great questions from the listeners, and I want to get into those. So let's start with Leisha on Twitter who asks, which players would you like to see get more playing time against the 49ers? Thanks, guys. So that's probably something we'll be getting more into tomorrow, that specific question, but it did lead me to... You know, I think a question we can do today before getting into those guys tomorrow, which is which players should have been playing in the preseason that haven't. And I think to me, David, there was one name at the top of the list that I wish we could have seen a little bit of. Yeah, definitely. I think it's pretty obvious for everybody, especially with all the fluff that has been put out there about this particular player. Bingo. And it is Kenneth Murray Jr. Kenneth Murray Jr., uh, by all accounts, has been flying around all training camp long seemingly looking like a very much different player in all the right ways so it would be nice to see some confirmation of that with him playing in the preseason showing those read and react skills showing that physicality showing that different version of kenneth murray yeah and just showing that comfort level that he has now in this defense that we've heard a lot about right and and seeing him run the show and hoping you know i think that would have helped us kind of buy in a little bit more yeah you know and i mean where i think is bought in as we could possibly be given the track record that we've had with Kenneth Murray, right? Like 
this is the best I've felt about him in a while. And I think one of the big reasons Agreed. why you're not seeing him is because he's had an injury every single offseason, right? And, and Yeah, he's, he's finally healthy, man. You just want to get him to the regular season. 100%. But still, if you want to believe in it, you kind of have to see it. So it would have been nice yeah. to maybe see a little bit of it in the preseason. We're not going to see that. I'd say a couple other guys you could probably make the argument for, Dave, would be Alohi Gilman just because of the small sample size and also yeah. Asante Samuel Jr. Not because he hasn't proven that he can play. He's been a starter for two seasons, yeah. but trying to find and figure out the intricacies of that star position. Yes, just playing in the slot. I mean, that's the only thing for Asante. We all know what he brings to the table. The Chargers don't need to evaluate who he is just more so him playing a different position, playing yeah. on the inside, playing that star position, just getting a, a couple of series. That was really all I would like to see. I understand completely why they are not going to play him, but it would just have been nice to see it. It would have. Uh, I mean, it would have been nice. And I think all these guys, there are reasons. I think for Alohi Gilman, it's probably, you know, the lack of safety depth that's going Definitely. to. And I think he probably just proved enough to them in practice. I mean, I think that's probably a big part of it, too, is just, hey, he looked good in training camp. Yeah. He's super well-connected and has everything well-connected back there, so I don't think they're worried about him. Let's get to Brett Austin's question here from X or Twitter. And he asks, any chance after cuts you feel the Chargers could still sign a depth piece in the secondary or an edge rusher? So I think the short answer is yes, David. I mean, I think the Chargers will do their due diligence. I mean, it's hard to know where they feel like the problems are at this point. But, I mean, yeah, it's always a possibility that they could add somebody right after. But it also means they'd have to release someone that's going to make their opening 53-man roster. Yeah, this is where the Chargers are going to have to rely on their scouts because their scouts are out there, you know, watching a ton of different preseason games, trying to find the right guys they feel like yeah. may fit what the Chargers are trying to do. And I don't know about the secondary or the edge rusher position, but the tight end position definitely seems like a place that they might be able to upgrade. And I think that it's been pretty clear for everyone that has been a bit underwhelming so far this preseason. It's not something the Chargers have done a lot, but they did do it last season, right? Last year, right after the first cuts, right after they announced their 53-man roster, they waved Larry Roundtree, and they went and picked up Sony Michelle. And that was obviously kind of a up-and-down stint, I would say he had. Yeah. Now he's retired, so wishing him the best of luck and everything. Of but course. There is some precedent for it, but it's not something that's happened very often. One thing they have done, though, is really kept an eye on other teams, guys in the preseason and ended up signing those guys to their own practice squad. Guys like Carlo Kemp, who we talked about yesterday, yep. and Zach Bailey. Those dudes have bounced around other practice squads before the Chargers and played on other teams in the preseason. Both of those guys have been standing out for the Chargers, you know, in third year and I think fifth year for Zach Bailey. But right, let's get into as many of these as we can. We have another one here from Nick Baldini who asks, are you nervous about Darius Davis, the Chargers phenom return man? Ability to take NFL hits. This is something that Brian Staley has brought up. What is your concern level there? Yeah, I mean, I'm concerned. I mean, Darius Davis is really, really small weight-wise. He's just yeah. he's 165, 170 I think, pounds. I think 165 Maybe. is what he was at the combine. Like, that was yeah. his official weight. Which so you got to hope that, you know, he put on a little bit of extra weight. But also, it's just about him learning how to to avoid those blows as much as humanly possible. But yeah, I mean, you can't help but be a little bit worried about it. I mean, he's just really yeah. small and you hope that he's going to be able to hold up throughout the entirety of a 17 plus game season. It's crazy. Cause like, I think Jerry Rice was like 170 pounds or something like that. The NFL has just changed. You sure. So never much. looked at though. No, I mean, it's just changed the type yeah. of athletes. Like I was, you know, 100%. there's just not a lot of precedent for it like there's not a right. lot of precedent of 165 pound receivers 
doing really well at this level. I mean, you can look at some of the smaller guys. You know, when I think of that, like I think Devonta of guys Smith. like, oh yeah, Devonte Smith definitely. He's a little tall, right? And I think he was like he's real, 80 he's real light, something. Though, yeah. yeah, I mean, he's very, very light, and that yeah. is definitely one of those guys for sure. I think of guys like Tavon Austin, mm-hmm. right? Percy Harvin, you yeah. know, guys like that. Those, you know, Percy Harvin was a little thicker. Mm-hmm. And we'll see. Maybe he fills out a little bit, but this is sure. your one. I mean, Absolutely. JT Woods looked like that pretty much last year when we saw him, right? Like, he looked like a tiny player. Yeah. Um, and he he's built a little bit, right? But there's not so much on Darius Davis's, you know, five foot eight, five foot nine frame. <laughs> yeah. Even though he was listed as, you know, five foot ten, he's definitely a little shorter. No, than that, I think. there's no way. <laughs> but yeah, there's just not a lot of precedent as a receiver, right? I think yeah. as a return man, when you're taking limited hits, I think that's sure. something he could still do. But like also returning is one, like one of the only times you're going to have 11 dudes that are running full speed down the field and hitting you at full speed. So right. his ability to take a hit, right? His ability, you know, to try to avoid those big hits is, is something that I'll have to work in. But also while not losing what makes him special, right? right. Like you don't want him thinking too much about the hit he's going to take. You want him going out there and doing what he did the first preseason game where he took a, a punt back for a touchdown. So I think yes, that's sir. So I think one thing we can, we can get one more here, squeeze this in from 619 Shaggy. Do you see Scott Matlock making this team or his practice squad his best option for us? He almost always seems to be in the backfield. So me and Dave were talking about there's not a lot of precedent, right? You have a guy like Marion Grice back in 2014 that got cut as a six-round pick. Dylan Cantrell, another guy, right, is a six-round pick that didn't end up working out. But for the most part, your six-round pick, you're going to play. You're going to make the team. So yeah. we said yesterday, no way that Scott Malik doesn't make this team. Going to stick with that today. But yes. that is going to wrap things up for today's show. Make sure you guys are back here tomorrow for the final preseason preview, getting the guys whose spots are absolutely on the line heading into preseason week four. To make sure you don't miss it, go subscribe or follow for free on the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and listen wherever you get your podcast from. You can also find the show every day on all of our social media. Find me on X at Day and Talk Sports and David Drogmeyer at Drogue Talk SD as well as the show's page at Lockdown LAC. You can also find us on Instagram at Lockdown Chargers and on our Locked On Chargers Facebook page. But we'll be back with you guys bright and early tomorrow, as we always are. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.